All right, everybody, what's going on? The podcast, welcome. Um, we are getting right into a, 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 we're just in the middle of actually a, a very interesting conversation. We're just going to get right into that. Um, we're talking with our guest, Chris, is it Chris Leone? How do you say it? You said it right, Chris Leone. Chris Leone, nice. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're just, we were talking about being three Italians and whatever Steve is in one, in one room. <laughs> I don't know. But Steve, what are you? <laughs> Uh, 75% uh, Germanic heritage, um, and then the rest is uh, mixed. Uh, there's a little bit of Flemish, Welsh, Irish, and Scottish. Okay. And what's the other 25%? Caucasian. Oh, that's, that's, that is the 25%, those four. Oh, 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 oh I see. Those four, four. is 25%, and the, re the other 75 is Germanic. Okay. Cool. I mean... Not that cool, but it's you know it's not Italian. I don't. I don't. I see now. Obviously, my name is is weird. I don't appear to be Italian. I have a red hair, but I am mostly Italian. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fly that flag. So we have three Italians here, um, and not coincidentally, we have a gentleman who specializes in Italian tortoises. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. See, this is so. This is I want to. This is one of the things I want to. We're obviously going to get to, but um. Chris is Chris Leone is here from uh, GardenStateTortoise.com. He uh, sponsored our last episode, and we have uh, you know works very closely with us. So we wanted to um, you know have give him a little bit of a forum to talk about some of the stuff that he does. Um, do you want to just start with a basic thing about your about your you know just explain a little bit about your your website and what you you know your your stuff there the the Hermans? Yeah. Um... I mean, the you know, there's two sites. The GardenStateTortoise.com is you know pretty much the main one, and you know it's it just kind of introduces people to what I do, you know, and um, I try to you know just like what you guys do with the turtle room and stuff. Like I try to do as much educational stuff on there as too. I I try to make sure that there's always videos and plenty of photos. Um, I write care sheets, but you know it, it would take probably a lifetime to write all the care sheets, you know, for all the species out there, but. Um, and then, yeah, there you go. There's uh, my second site, which is Hermana Haven, which is the site that's dedicated to all the, the to the Western Hermans Tours project. So I figured because it, I'm so in-depth with that at this point and kind of have been my whole life, why not make a whole site dedicated to that, you know? And it kind of it kind of offers me, like, a way to separate the two, but it's, you know, it's Hermana Haven at Garden State Tortoise. So, you know. Okay. So, and it is why only... What? La Last time you said Leone, but it is Leone, and I I think it's important for everyone to know out there who has had only email correspondence with yeah. Mr. Leone. Oh, it's Leone. I said Leone. E. You did. Not oh, Simon. Sorry, sorry right. Leone. 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 My bad. And, and um, especially he, goes out. That especially goes out to any teacher I ever had who never got. <laughs> it's so yeah. It's a hard thing, you know. Actually, and I, the reason that I, I said it right before the first time because when I used to do basketball camps, I had a kid named Chris Leone, and I had the whole conversation with him about that. He was a little lefty that never hit touched the rim once in the entire oh, okay. week of camp. Well, he was I wouldn't, really I wouldn't have been much better. So I'm, I yeah, that's usually the correlation <laughs> between turtle people and and touching the rim. Uh, yeah, I, I, baseball was my forte, but basketball, okay. soccer, nah, not so much. Yeah. I'm there's got to be there's got to be a deeper a deeper connection. I'm going to I'm going to we're going to have to start asking more people about that stuff, don't. Okay. You'll write your you'll write your thesis about it one day. You'll write your yeah, thesis about it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um so Chris, tell me I'm 
for you, why why Herman's Tortoise? 1991. What's, what's the deal? 1991. Oh, I'm he's got a he's got a date. I like it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. This this is how crazy it gets. I have problems. So, 1991. I'm nine years old. My Italian grandmother. She went back to visit our family over in Italy. For um, now, I don't know how often she had been back there, but this was shortly after my my grandfather. This is my dad's side had passed away, and she went back. And uh, she knew I loved turtles because, I mean, I loved them since I was four or five. And um, she, she came home. We picked her up from the airport. And that, I'll never forget that because, you know, it's hard to remember things back then. But this is just how, you know, vivid it was or is. She was standing in the kitchen and she had brought back all different things from chocolates to different stuff for us. You know, oh, cool, thanks, Grandma, you know. And she was standing at the end of the, end of the kitchen. And this is northern Jersey. And, uh, you know, they lived on a block where the houses are all, like, right on top of each other. And she's trying to get my attention to come over to her. She's got this little box in her hand. And my, my father says, you know, Chris, come over here. You know, so I go over there. And she's got this little plastic box with holes in it. And there's a turtle in it, you know. But I, nice. I'm just like, cool, a rubber, plastic, whatever Italian turtle, you know. And my, and my dad's looking at me like, why are you getting excited, you know. And, and I'm like, what? And he's like, that's real. And then it just was like, oh, my God. You know, like, and, and that's what, you know, because up until then, you know, I knew what box turtles were. I obviously knew what red-eared sliders were. I had gotten enough of those for Christmas, you know. And, and here was this little turtle, but it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. So fast forward a year, my dad and I and, you know, my family would buy me all these turtle books, and we just re- finally figured out what it was. And it was a Herman's tortoise, but, you know, Again, fast forward as time went on, we were able to figure out that it was a Western Hermes tortoise. And that, from that moment on, was just, I don't know what happened that day, but it's everything from what occurred in that kitchen that morning to, I guess, just, you know, that one thing from your childhood or those one few things from your childhood that just really stay with you. And that was it. You know, I just, uh, it, it blossomed from there. You know, unfortunately, that tortoise didn't live very long because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Mm. And, uh... But I, you know, after the tortoise had died, I, I just made it my life's goal to figure out what that was, learn as much about them, and, and get them back. And it took over a decade to, to get them. So Wow. Yeah. That's heavy. That's like a superhero origin story. Yeah, the only thing is, if someone were to try to fight me right now, I'd totally lose. So... Yeah. <laughs> but I do have a pretty awesome Jurassic you, Park. No, like, if, you know how... It, Nice, but you know how like when um, mother I think we've we have talked about this before when mothers get um they get like adrenaline and they can like lift up a car to get their kid out. You probably yeah. do some crazy. If someone was trying to fight your Western Herman's tortoise, then you would probably you'd probably kick it into high gear. I'd use the dog. He's bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah. That's real, that's that's awesome. So it is an Italian thing then. It's that's very much what it's about. Yeah, it is. You know, it just it just, you know, maybe, you know, she could have brought home a European pond turtle. She could have brought home something else and it could have been that. But that's what I attribute this, you know, cuz Steve says it's a big passion species for me and it's, you know, uh, that's what it's tied to. It happened. It just so happened that the tortoise is Italian, so are we. And what what's even better is, you know, that tortoise came from Apulia, because my family's from a small town called Molfetta, so it was, it's just, it doesn't get any more personal than that for me, I guess, is the best way to iron it out, you know. 
That is the coolest story ever. Yeah, that's really cool. It's because it, I feel like it's so hard to have, especially with this hobby, like a a specific memory. Like you know, I think we have a lot of vague. Like yeah, I always like being outside, and then it kind of leads on from there. But like that's cool. You have that's what I'm saying. Like I was just thinking about this. Like nobody actually has <laughs> what you just did blew my mind because no one actually I feel like has those moments in life where they're like, oh, this is what I can do for the rest of my life, or maybe I just don't have them. I don't know. But like that was like that's just very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, uh, I mean, I would say, too, me and my dad joke around, well, not joke around about it, but we talk about how amazing it would be if we still had that tortoise, you know, mm-hmm. but we just didn't know, I mean, I, you know, I was nine years old, and, and I had box turtles, and I thought it would be okay to put it in with the box turtles, you know, Right. so needless to say, you know, we'll never know exactly what happened, but I'm sure it had to be some kind of cross-contamination type thing. You know, we had the tortoise about a year, but I was so moved by the experience and, and just so devastated to lose it, you know, because I knew, hey, I may not know all about this thing, but I can't get it again. You know, this came over from yeah. Italy. And I'll tell you what, the quick follow-up to that is, she went back a couple of years later, and I said, Grandma, you got to get me another one of those. Now, mind you, this is still, you know, the early 90s. You could bring a tortoise over on a plane, and they didn't think you were trying to blow up the plane with the tortoise. Right, so, you just had to sew it into, you know, your, into your pants. The right? stewardess. That first one she brought home, the stewardess actually told her to take it out and give it give it air, you know. <laughs> but anyway, she went She's back like a year or two later, whatever it was, and she got another one, a little baby, and she was gonna bring it home, but a bird came down and took it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 this is a superhero thing. Like it's littered with tragedy at the beginning, and now it's and now you have a website. Like literally, Herman's Haven. Yeah. Like that's like your that's like the Batcave. Yeah, but I mean, cool stuff happens there. But it would be so much better if it was the Batcave, you know. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, this is, we're mere mortals. The Bat, you know, that's the closest that we can get is a really cool website. Yeah. Nerd um, alert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So how how does obviously, like you said, it's a passion species for you. Um, what kind of what is it like working with them now? Like, how does it, how do you feel? Um, obviously, it makes you feel good. But like, what, what is it that keeps you that has kept you going, doing it for now twenty, however many years it is? I I think the best way to describe that part is, you know, I mean, I you know, you guys know, like, I love all species. You know, if I could have every single one of them on the planet and know that they're still going to receive the best care, I would. You know, but there's just something that personally ties me to them, and I think one of the best things about it was. Once I really figured out what they were and I started trying to research them, you know, obviously there was some literature out there about them, but nobody had them. I couldn't couldn't get a hold of them. You know, nobody, hey, do you have do you have Herman's tortoises? Yes, I do. Okay, well, are they, you know, Testudo Hermani Hermana? Well, no, they're the East, you know. So it was just constantly I couldn't couldn't locate them, couldn't locate them. And that fueled me even more because it was, you know, it was added to the fact that, hey, nobody's nobody's paying attention to these. What why not? You know? And I, you know, hey. I'm just as guilty as the rest. I love the radiateds. I love the stars and the spiders and all the you know the real like you know eye candy species and we have them, but it there was just something about them. I mean, not only are they beautiful, but there was something that just you know it just seemed like a ghost, you know, and I I was able to locate pretty much a, the only small group that was known at the time. I don't know if you guys remember George Ullman from Turtle World in Florida. Yeah, he was, you know, around for a while, and he was from Germany, and he had collected a lot of his collection himself back when it was okay to do that. And 
I befriended, or he befriended me, I guess, a little bit, and I would buy stuff from him over the years, and I, you know, he knew how much I wanted those, you know, tortoises, and I would buy some babies from him when I could afford them, but I asked him, you know, when you ever decide to get rid of your adults, please let me know, and he kept his word, you know, he, years ago, he called it quits, he left the U.S., moved back to Germany, and before he did, he sold me the adults that he had, and that's what started it. But then it got even deeper. You know, I wanted to know more. I, w- I wanted more because there was only a small amount of them at the time. And I started, you know, networking with, you know, European people and, like, all the, like, the you know, experts over there and stuff and started learning about the different geographical variations and the strains and the, the differences in them, even though they're sometimes slight. And, um, you know, that was really... Uh, that that blossomed into the next level, which was I've got to have all of these different types, all these different locales, and after months and some and even years of paperwork and approval between ministries from Italy and Spain and, and U.S. Fish and Wildlife and CITES documents and everything, it finally brought me to the next level, and I was able to get all these actual locality-specific groups, and then. Uh, Thankfully, Steve was there to help me create the uh, first ever North American regional stu- uh, stud book for them. So what it feels like is surreal. You know, it still is. I don't, I don't take any of it for granted. Every time I look at them, I, I just thank, you know, God. I, th- I thank my lucky stars that I have them because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a very real and, and very am- amazing thing for me. You know, I, I just, you know. Okay, for the viewers, we have a, a, up a picture of the uh, the stud book right now that so you, you can see a little bit of what um you know what he's talking about. Very very cool stuff, and that's I mean, it's just it's so cool to have something so specific that you find, and then is you know you can just be like a, you know could be a really important guy for that thing. It's just very cool. I'm very I'm uh, I'm happy for you. So I can imagine that it would be surreal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have I have one more I've I've uh, one more question I have an actually one I have an issue with the <laughs> Western hermits and all the or really all the hermits tortoise so um, my issue is about the name okay just not not Italian enough what ah what's, yeah. what's the deal Johann Herman I believe is who it's named after why what's his deal well he's a French uh, naturalist. Idiot! The and, French? We named him after a French and, guy. And here, well, here's it's even the kicker. The the uh, <laughs> the um, what you would call it? The type locality for the Western Hermans is Calabrese, France. So, but See? they refer to him like if you look at Holger Vetter's book, they refer to them as the Italian tortoise. I don't know. Maybe it's because that's where the majority of their range is. <laughs> now that's cool. I just feel like something with a something Herman's tortoise just sounds like it's. Not. It sounds like it's somewhere in a basement in Missouri or something. I don't know. It's I not. Agree. It's not. It does need a cool Italian enough. You know what though? That's you know what is is a good a good port port point too though is that you're having the location of it in America be in North Jersey. That's very Italian. That helps. <laughs> yeah. So that that's another major major yeah. plus with the work that you're doing, bringing the Italians back into the game. Oh, yeah. Can I just say, John, real quick, can I just say, for anyone who doesn't know, a stud book is basically um, a listing of, of animals that um, participating uh, keepers will list their animals in so that you can keep track of them and keep track of uh, the lineage as more offspring is produced and um, just kind of keep track of the entire population. The Association of Zoos and Aquariums has a lot of these. 
um, for animals that are in need. And although the Western Hermans is classified as endangered, correct? That subspecies is classified as endangered. Yes. Um, the they're kind of uh, hesitant. To, well, I, I don't know for sure. I, I haven't spoken to them about it, but um, I think the the assumption probably is that they're maybe hesitant to have them as an AZA stud book because of the um, confusion around the different locales and you know keeping the keeping the lines pure. And I think that's what's so <coughs> impressive about what Chris is doing. He's having genetic testing done, and he knows the local, the locality specifically of the vast majority of his group, and will not mix those localities. So that's what's so cool about the project. And um, I just wanted to say that. We um, I think the other issue with um, uh, <clears throat> like in the instance with the Hermes tortoise, you also there there really aren't that many westerns in the, in the in the country. So for them to be able to try to put together an effort like that, there just there really aren't the quantity uh, of specimens around necessary to make it happen right now. And most of the Hermes tortoises are easterns or some kind of mutt because of people not really paying attention to what they're doing with them. Right. The um we're actually now the um. The European Stud Book Foundation, Lorenz Woldring, he runs the uh, Testudo Hermani Hermani, you know, stud book for them, and they've been in contact now. I remember Steve, I I had shown you some things from him. He, um, they're doing some some good work out there with them. But he even said, even in Europe, where these things are from, they're they're better at not mixing the subspecies, but they're still having trouble with the locales and stuff. So. We recently, if you, if anybody saw our, our Facebook page, we actually took every single adult tortoise uh, from the Western Hermans in our collection. We took them in for DNA sampling, and we should have the results in a few months. But it's a few months, but it's that's even bigger because now not only are we going by where we know they came from physically and what they look like externally, but now we're actually going to get to look at the blood of them, which is you know something that I thought would never be able to happen. You know, but it's. Uh, that part for me as a nerd, it's really exciting. <laughs> can Can you tell tell us for, more, a little more about that, like how the how that came about and the process of of that happening, getting them DNA tested? Yeah, um, pretty much. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with uh, Bill Zavikian. He's like the uh, main radiated tortoise guy, and he um, he's expressed great interest in the you know the Western Hermits project for. Uh, um, for like the last two, three years, and he actually was able to bring in some animals himself, and we've been compiling together and trying to figure out everything, and thanks to his connections, because he's done a lot of DNA work in the past, you know, he's, with a lot of the endotestudos, you know, the Travancore tortoises, the Forstenii, and uh, Longata, and even Radiateds and Burmese stars. He even had uh, Sri Lankan and Indian stars tested to see, and they pretty much turned out to be ge genetically identical, and he was the one that was <laughs> able to land the connection for, uh, for me as for the Western Hermans, and uh, you know, all the DNA is going out to the Henry Dorley Zoo's uh, uh, genetics department, and uh, Dr. Ed Lewis is going to do all the sampling, and he's going to get back to us with all the results. And uh, I'm I'm excited. I, I can't wait. You know, I'm um, really looking forward to that. So, so um, does this does one thing that make it possible? I'm sorry, Steve. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, does it make it possible because you have all so many of the other localities that you can then uh, take the DNA that you're getting from some of the unknown uh, localities then to bring it back and compare it to see like where it matches yeah, up with the doing, others? 
we're doing that, and you know, we're also trying to find out just how because we know that they're already genuine. So we're trying to find out even more about them because not to go too crazy here with it, but the the all the Western Hermans uh, strains or locales they all belong to a different haplotype. Okay, which is a, a collection of alleles, and you know, and um, like for instance, the island tortoises uh, from Sicily, Sardinia, and Corsica. They all belong to one haplotype, whereas mainland Italy belongs to one haplotype, and then you've got France and Spain, and it goes on from there. So we're able to find that out, solidify their past, uh, open up some doors, and also we even took some blood of what's already been done. We want to actually look at these differences, you know, because they keep trying to elevate both Hermans towards a subspecies to full species level, but as of 2006, it hasn't been accepted yet. Okay. So it's just it's just I'm just trying to add to the you know genetic information out there. So cool, man. Uh, for those that might be more interested in hearing more about this, um, I think Chris and I will make sure we uh, talk about this and write about this in the next uh, edition of the stud book. Uh, and if we have more of the data, we can even try to include some of that. If not, that might take a little while longer. But uh, we can definitely include some of this in the next uh, round of the stud book too. Cool. And you see Anthony with one of his Eastern Hermans tortoises here. Let me make sure he's on screen. Hey. One of the Easterns, I believe. I was, I'm sitting next to him, so I looked and they were there, and I said, "That's I'm going to pick one up. That's what I said to myself. And then I made it happen. Why not? Nice. Because I, I can. The more we can get... Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, show <laughs> off. Yours is so much, no, see, is so much prettier. That is really pretty. all the difference. <laughs> I don't want to anymore. What are what are some of the quickly? What are some of the, the ways you can tell the difference between? Can I say one? Can I say one? Can I say one? Go ahead, uh, Tony. Go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just because you can totally see it on this one right now is the yellow cheek. How uh, it looks like it has like uh, yellow yeah. blush right on the cheek. Yeah. Chris, that was Chris. So weird. I thought that was Tony's hand pointing at the yellow cheek. <laughs> nice job. Man, it's hard to do. Okay, that's cool. That's one. That, that's one. Yep. Do the bands. Also, the lining of the scutes, right? Like the pectoral versus the femoral scutes. Uh, seam. Yeah, it's, you probably can't pick it up that well on here, but yeah, the, the femoral scute seam is wider than the pectoral. Right, and it's and opposite the other. Which uh, which finger are you pointing? Are you pointing with there, bud? Easy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kids, watch this. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, children. <laughs> I, I love the uh, his, 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 underneath there. It really looks like a, it looks like a Rorschach test too. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> I wanted to know why there was a picture of my mother underneath the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get this tape off. Then we had that on there the other day. Oh. Um. So I know another thing that we wanted to we want to get a little more background about about you. Um. You know, before we we go, there's a couple of things that we wanted to touch on. Um. Can is there a quick way, or is there anything that you want to say about um, cold weather keeping uh, and breeding? Because I know that that's kind of a, a specialty. Obviously, for all of us, we're in the Northeast, so we have you know have dealt with it. But um, you obviously are, are have been doing some prolific stuff, and I know I understand you just had a really nice egg come out. Is that right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we hope it's good. You know. Yeah. We uh we successfully bred, but we don't know if they're gonna if it's a good egg yet. But we yeah. successfully bred Cora Beretti, um, which is the Barrett's box turtle. It's one of the flowerback box turtles. And I've been working oh, on so and cool. off. 
Yeah, it's man, I, I like panicked when I saw it last night, but we um been working with the flowerbacks, all three subspecies on and off for a few years. When Anthony and Steve were over, they got to see the Cora picturata. And um, I, I carefully, with the Beretti, I carefully selected two animals, one that was in the country for 15 years and the male was in the country for 17 years. And I brought them together, you know, did everything by the books, you know, the quarantine and everything. And ever since I put the two together, the male's just been on her. And, I, you know, I, I, I bring the nights down really cool. I bring the days up really warm. And the last two weeks, you know, the, the turtle was – the female was acting weird. Very, you know, not interested in food, very heavy, pacing around, digging around. And that told me she must be gravid. But I didn't know how I could compare them to other species that I'm used to uh, to breeding, you know. Um, there's one. And um, – Sure enough, I came home last night, and uh, she seemed very calm. Picked her up. She seemed light, so I dug into the nesting box, and I found the egg. But to get back to the, to the question, cold weather keeping, 110% possible. You know, there's, there's no – some people will say, how do you do that? That's impossible. It's not. You just have to be able to accommodate, you know, uh, mm -hmm. which means there's a lot of indoor time. You know, um, it's tough in a house. Um, it's, it can be tough on the animals, but you know, if you're providing what they need to be provided with, I strongly believe that it can be done. And I mean, I, I think people like all of us are living proof, you know, and, and, and what they, what they specifically need to be provided with for breeding in North Jersey is, uh, Bon Jovi records, right? Or Bruce. I mean, it depends on what okay, kind of, Bruce, okay, yeah. like. you know, Bon <laughs> Jovi can sing a little better than Bruce, I think, but I think Got Bruce it. is a better guitar player. Oh, okay. Oh! You're, the expert. you're the expert. I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, there's one. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. That's video footage of uh, when we were at Chris's place last spring, and that's the picturata right there. Yeah. Gorgeous, um, gorgeous there turtle. There's a Hermes. Um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, it's not easy. You know, it's a 24/7 job, and there's always something that's going on, and you know, uh, electric bill is high. Um, things have to be cleaned a lot more often. But, you know, they do get a good amount of time outdoors, and, and, that, and that's, I, I make sure of that, you know. And the, um, there's no way around it. You know, people tease me all the time about the weather up here, and I think we can all agree. We can't brag about our weather, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, right now, it's, I mean, it's awful out there, you know. But when summer, when, when spring finally does arrive in summer, it's, uh, it's more than accommodating to keep a, a wide array of species, you know from all over the world, you know, outdoors, and um, a lot of it is in the setup, you know, if you give them what they need, they will behave, you know, normally, behaviorally, you know, so, okay. it's possible to anybody out there that, that can do it, you know. I think part of it, too, when you're getting started is, is making sure that you select the right species, so, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that love tortoises, and, you know, I was just holding up the, the eastern... Eastern Hermans, and this is this is a, this is an, an adult female. Yeah, it is an adult female. East, Eastern Hermans, right? And this is this is a very small adult tortoise, and extremely cold tolerant. So here in Connecticut, this species can live outdoors year round, 365 days a, a, a year, and and yet still, when we're at the Hamburg show, you have really cool tortoises like baby Hermans tortoises and baby. Um, elongated tortoises, which are pretty hardy themselves, and 
people still want to know about the seventy dollars sulcatas, and it's just it's amazing, uh, you know. And it's it's like there if knowledge is knowledge is power, and you can really have some species that you really enjoy if you just kind of slow down and educate yourself. And um, it people need to understand that those like things like those sulcatas are available in large numbers because. They're bred in large numbers. They have huge clutch sizes, and they're really easy to breed in other places of the world, not in, you know, the Northeast or or the North anything. Right. Know what I mean? Yeah. And viewers, you can see a lot of a lot of these. Uh, we're showing a, a video right now. I think these are all taken from uh, from your house. Is that right, Chris? Yeah. This is when uh, Steve and Anthony were over, and um, so many beautiful tortoises. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a good day. That, that it was. That it was. Yeah. One of the best days ever. <laughs> yeah. Minus Anthony's travel on the way there, but that's oh, another Oh, yeah, story. that's right. <laughs> Check out the possum that was in the live trap when I, that's when I got there. That's the possum. you keep possums, too? No. <laughs> I trap them. We right set, outside the Blanding's pen. Yep. Yeah, we set yeah. traps in the summer, and even in the spring, you know, pretty soon I'm going to start setting traps again because these guys, the Blanding's, they'll wake up, you know, sometime next month. Early, right, yeah. And, uh, you know, Anthony and Steve will tell you, I'm, I'm on 10 acres in the woods, and, I mean, there's wildlife everywhere, so the raccoons oh, are, there's no shortage of raccoons. So we set the traps every night, and uh, I take them to refuge about 30, 40 miles away and let them go, and, uh, you know, I don't have the heart to kill them. I know some people do, but I, I just can't do it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah nothing wrong with my that. wife would kill me. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, anything else, cold weather, as quick advice? I know, actually, Tony, you mentioned um, a good point that, you know, just, like, picking the picking the species that you're going to work with is a big deal, and I know that that was one of the last posts that we have on theturtleroom.com is 10 uh, good species for beginners. Uh, so check check that out on theturtleroom.com. While we're talking about websites, again, I just wanted to say again that this episode is sponsored by the Arizona Tortoise Compound, and also wanted to give a shout out to um, to Tomas and the African Colonial Institute. Um, Kevin Labiel was on a couple of shows ago, and um, he is uh, he's you know with the Turtle Room, so we just wanted to uh, we're kind of doing some uh, have some initiatives with them. We've got a picture. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, so that that is going to be their new site that we'll be launching uh, very soon. Oh wow, that's great! Um, that's a March really 9th. cool logo. That's a great uh, logo. Yeah, that's like Palu- uh, Ferry uh, Grunwald uh, actually actually designed that logo for them. Uh, I don't remember how long ago he did that, and then um, I'm actually doing the web design for uh, the ACI. Uh, oh. We're planning on launching this on March 9th, as you can see. Um, so why don't you head over there now? It's africancolonian.org. You can sign up for their newsletter as well, and uh, you'll get uh, some more news and information from them if you sign up for that. And so um, some really cool things going to be happening there. Uh, really cool people as well. So check them out. Awesome job, awesome. Steve. That looks really good. That looks really yeah. really good. Yeah, that looks great. Um. Okay, so the last thing um, we want to just kind of say a, one more thing about, uh, you know, for, for you, Chris, and then mm-hmm. uh, we're just kind of getting some of the other stuff that we were planning on talking about and just kind of have you, you know, uh, banter with us. But um, a really important and, uh, and fun thing, um, you, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but 
you have been nominated for the Colonian Breeder of the Year Award, correct, by the Reptile Report? Yep. Okay. Um, this is something that you probably will never, you wouldn't have thought to do yourself, but I'm going to give you the stage right now, and I would like for you to practice your acceptance speech because obviously we all know that you're going to win all these amazing things that you've done. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and, uh, and bring you up now. Um, and then you can you can take it from there. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, good evening. Uh, good um, evening. We're uh, we're just here to now present the award that you've all been waiting for. Um, today's uh, this year's uh, Colonian Breeder of the Year award goes to envelope, please. I I, I should have grabbed an actual envelope, but whatever. This notebook will have to do. <clears throat> uh, Chris Leone. Chris Leone from Garden State Tortoises. Come on up, Chris. Is there... Okay. Usually there's like a song that would play, I guess, and I would walk to yeah. this. So hopefully, hold on. This is Chris Leone's first... Oh, my God. Uh, first nomination. Hold on. Taylor Swift's going to hand me the award. Nice. Thank you, Taylor. You look horrible tonight. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Perfect. She'll just, she'll just, she'll just shake it off. I just want to say uh, thank you to all the turtles and all the tortoises and to uh, my friends. <laughs> and, and uh, no, seriously, though. <laughs> go to the reptilereport.com, go to the 2014 awards, and go vote for your favorite breeder for any of the uh, subjects on there. There's snakes, lizards, turtles, tortoises, um, and uh, there's a lot of other categories. You know, there's, um... <laughs> so loud. You can at least give me the Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> it's the only thing I had on my iPod. Like, no, seriously, go to reptilereport.com. You can vote every single day. Pick your favorite, your personal favorite. There's a lot of amazing people on there doing incredible things for this hobby every single day. And we, as a community together have to recognize that more. So please take two seconds out of your day, go there, pick your favorite, and whoever it is, I, I hope they win. And, um, you know, the Reptile Report is an incredible company that's doing a lot of big things right now. And, uh, you know, again, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. That's great. Well said. Well said. Taylor would just take it off if you said that to her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was fun. Um, Let's get into, we wanted to talk about, um, this is going to be kind of a feature that we're going to be doing. Um, we want to talk about some geographic areas and the, for lack of a better way to put it, the, uh, the Mount Rushmore of reptiles in those areas. And this was something that we have been, uh, you know, we've been kind of messing around with. So um, I, did we decide on an order? We wanted, to put, we wanted to be gentlemen and have our guests go first, yes. Right, okay, okay. So... Um, today's geographical location, I know, is not specifically tailored to you, Chris, but you'll just—I'm sure you'll be okay. Um, we are picking the Mount Rushmore of Australian reptiles. So, for me, the way that I—I uh, I picked mine, Mount Rushmore, not necessarily the—not um, necessarily the flashiest or the coolest, um, but just the most important um, to that to that area, I think that that's that's kind of the important thing. I mean, if we, we all know that Mount Rushmore uh, is our president's. Tony, do you do you know all four presidents on Mount Rushmore? I yes. guarantee. I'm I'm go go. I want to hear. Ready? 
Eisenhower. <laughs> Ford. Ford. Yeah. Uh, John Lennon. You're good so far. He was the president after Lincoln. And uh, and Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. The funniest part is that you were trying to think of four funny presidents, and you can only name two presidents after the joke. So you've you've proved you've proved my point. Samuel Jackson, I said he's a, he was a president. <laughs> um, of course, the four presidents are Jefferson, Roosevelt, Lincoln, and Washington. Um, Listen, you were supposed to let Chris go first. Remember, I, I, I remember. This is not part of the of the of the the event. I'm just I'm just trying to give background in case any of you our viewers don't know about Mount Rushmore. I'm embarrassed. Um. Okay, so, yes, so picking first is kind of a, we're going to only do one at a time here, but Chris, um, you get the first chance to etch uh, a face into the side of Ayers Rock. Well, I'm going to etch the face of the pig-nosed turtle Mm. because it'd be easy to do, you know? I feel like if I was the guy etching into that rock, you know, it'd be pretty easy to make a pig nose, and if I screwed up that (laughs) thing, I'd just turn it into a pig, you know? Mm. But um, an introduced species. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, the pig nose. Okay, that's a that's a good choice. It is a very good choice. Just so everyone knows, the 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 pig nose or uh, fly river turtle, Coretto Kelly's in Sculpta. Oh come on, whatever. That's how I say it. The (laughs) it's the only freshwater turtle with flippers. Correct. Pretty cool animal. Is so is that the bar high? Is that the basis yep. for for why it belongs on Mount Rushmore? Do we have a? Um, well, it may not be something you know. Really, it's a you know a docile animal. It may not be something that's going to thrash and you know rip an animal to shreds. But I'm pretty sure that I could definitely slap something in the face with that flipper pretty hard. <laughs> you know? Probably not. I wouldn't want to get smacked in the face by a big you know giant fly river turtle. You know? It's true. And they do get big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 60 to 70 centimeters. I. That's, yeah, that's very large. Um, I think an interesting point, too, or not, or one of the reasons I had, they were one of my one of my choices. If no one had said it, I was going to uh, definitely uh, include them. I just think that if you, do we have, I think we have a video of, uh, do we have a video of a fly river, Steve? Um, we're on our on our yeah, YouTube channel. I don't have one at the ready. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Um, we do I will have one. Though. Talk very slowly then. Any so idea where can... it might be, Anthony? It's called. It's it's probably from like five months ago. It's called um, freshwater turtle with flippers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, to, I know that I know that there is one too because I watched it last when I was re- when I was researching and I forgot to tell yeah. you about it, Steve. I, that's terrible. Pod, you, my part. You have to dumb down the titles of the movies on YouTube, or they won't get any views. I still think we should just we should just have them all. They should all say kittens. Freshwater, Freshwater kitten with flippers. Oh, right. Yes. I got, got it. Okay. All right. We got it. So. There it is. Nice. Okay. Yeah. There. Oh, there nice. you go. See, that's why books rule. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they do rule. Uh, um, they see they can be faster. There we go. Okay. So now just just watch watching the movement. Just watch it swim. You could just sit there 
what I was, my point or my reasoning was just you could just watch it sit there for just hours, and it's just they're just so smooth and. and oh, uh, he totally and, slapped that fish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, he's a boss too. You're right. <laughs> yeah, isn't that peaceful? Yes. Yes. I don't. We probably shouldn't be aiming to put our viewers to sleep, but I mean, I feel like I could just, I could kind of nod off. He just looks like he's having the time of his life, you know. I mean, like, oh, he's gonna slap that one now. Yeah, get it, get oh. out of my way. Fish, stupid fish. Lovely. Okay. Um. <laughs> so what do you got, John? I. Oh, we're going to me now. Yeah. No. Let's do it. Let's let's go right. Yeah. Let's let's do it that way. Okay. Um. I so obviously I have I have a few ideas and a few choices, but I I don't think that either of you is going to pick this. So, but I think that it absolutely needs to be on there. Uh, it's an easy one. It's very simple. But um, we are again Damn. just talking about what you stole mine. I know you stole mine already. Uh, Crocodilius Johnsonii. Just so everyone wait, that's the freshwater. Yeah. Right. Oh, interesting. Freshwater croc. Just so everyone knows, yeah. we when don't know say? what we're each. The freshwater croc. Oh John yeah. Okay. John Stonei or yes. something. Listen, just so everyone knows, John Stonei. We we don't know what we're each picking. I mean, you probably could have figured that out by now, but it's um. So we have a few choices each, so that we can kind of figure out what the Mount Rushmore really should be. Because if we each just picked one, then we you know a few of us might have the same thing, and then we might leave out one that's really important. So. Right. Um, this gives us a better chance of getting it close to right. And if you feel like we're wrong or we missed one, feel free to blast us swear because we'll delete the comments. Yeah, Try we definitely fun. would like to hear. Exactly. Definitely want to hear your opinions. Um, so, but yeah, great I, one, John. I, I love that. It's species. a little bit different. Like a little bit different than the saltwater croc, obviously. But just to have the the Mount Rushmore of Australia without a crocodile on there would be uh, a crime against uh, Steve Irwin and everyone yeah, else. I agree. Uh, that has ever watched Animal Planet. So it's important that they're up there. They're obviously, for a thousand reasons that we all already know, they're just so cool. They're dinosaurs. They're, they slowly kill things by dragging it underwater and then eat it at their leisure. That's just pretty, it's pretty BA. So, uh, yeah, that's my, and I think it's kind of, I think it's the, it's the, the Teddy Roosevelt of, like, mm. I'm, I'm picturing, like, a crocodile with, like, funny glasses and like um, and a lot of personality, like a spectacled caiman. Uh, a spectacled caiman, as as it were, yes, if if you if you will. But that's obviously not in Australia, so of course. Um, obviously, only a only a fool would assume that. Who's next? <laughs> Stephen. Stephen right, with a ph. Um, Stephen, go. I'm gonna go with another turtle out of the bunch. Uh, Pseudemidura umbrina, the Good western one. swamp turtle. Ooh, great one. Great one. It is the most endangered species or most endangered turtle species in Australia. Uh, and they're hard to find because of how secretive they are anyway. So it's actually kind of hard to tell how endangered they actually might be. Good pick. It's a it great pick. pick. I think Here, um, are they the only species in that genus? Is that a monotypic genus? Yes, it is a monotypic genus. So that's so it's also a unique animal as well. They're really cool looking and really really rare. That's yeah. That's there's one. there's one of them. There's some the, more pictures down here as well. Have kind of the spikes on the neck, like like um, like South the American um, turtle. I don't want to yeah. pronounce Spixi, Spix, Spixi. 
Acanthocles Spixy. Why does he always do that to me? Because <laughs> he knows more Latin than you. <laughs> Why? They're supposed to end in I, not E. Sure. Uh, no, that's the Americanized version of the Latin. Oh, so you're going like you're going like high medieval Latin? No, yeah. somewhere in between. That's not cool. That's not as it's, it there was are cool actually, when you corrected them, but now it's not as cool. Since since we're talking about it. <laughs> Both of them are actually considered correct. Whether you go I or E, it's two different ways to pronounce the long I sound in Latin. One of them is the more anglicized version of Latin, and then the other is the what they I think is called Northern um, Latin. It's kind of uh, more the Church Latin, and those are the two most accepted ways to pronounce the scientific names. Either one of those. Um, so when, there, when there's two. When there's two eyes at the end, like with the Blanding's turtle, how do you actually say that? The first eye, regardless yeah. of how you choose to end it, if you end on the E or the I, the 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 second last eye is actually an I sound. So it would be blanding it E or blanding it I. Sounds so like the, the first <laughs> eye is kind of this I sound, and then it, you either end with I or E. Whatever you, you say. Know like, you know that South Park episode when they try to say planetarium, and they're like planetarium. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Blanding I. I thought Latin must have been just so hard to speak, even when it was like the only language that everyone was speaking. Like, why would it just seem so difficult? Blending I. That's <laughs> not. Well, it makes it even worse language. when you're turning proper names into Latin. Right. So. You know, it kind of messes up with it. Yeah. Messes it up a little bit, mm -hmm. like Herman, right? Hermania, Hermania, yeah, Hermania. How would that be? Hermanio. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's Italian, that, right? That's how they say it in Jersey. That's how they say it. Hermanio. Hey, uh, you gonna eat those Hermanios over there? The uh, forget about it. Forget about Yo. it. This guy's got sulcatas over there. Don't let me over here to beat it. All right. <laughs> Uh, you got any of uh, those uh, red face sliders, or uh... <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple at home, so I was thinking maybe I'll get seventeen more. You know, uh, I'm gonna finish it up. Yeah, ready? last last turtles, or last oh, uh, last, last wow. reptile. Let's look at it. I don't know. All right, here's the deal. Ready? I'm gonna tell you ones that I'm not choosing that I wanted to. So honorable oh, mention. No, no, pick, no, pick your first one because there's a couple I wanted to go over real no. quickly afterwards. The ones that we didn't go with. No, I have ones that I didn't pick either. No, well then we'll go back to you. But listen, let me finish. Let me finish it off, man. I gave myself the worst point. The guy who has to go last. The 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 caboose. The the anchor. Uh, and and that it's it's not a good place to be. I just want you to know that. So I'm gonna do it the way I'm gonna do it my way, as uh, Frank Sinatra fans in North Jersey would say. So uh, I didn't pick the saltwater crocodile because now you picked the freshie. Right. Even though the saltwater crocodile is a, isn't uh, it should be on there. Is it's the biggest reptile living reptile in the world, and. I wanted to pick a beard. I wanted to pick bearded dragons because they're so popular in the pet trade, um, and I think they're just a cool story because they've been protected in Australia since the '60s. But for some reason, they're they're popular in the pet trade, um, and I guess instead I'll go with the frill dragon because it runs on its hind legs, and it's one of my favorite characters in Rescuers Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. So. Good pick. Because, yep. Yeah, I mean. 
you know, closest thing to a Dilophosaurus that we mm-hmm. that yep. we have hanging around. So I and wanted to go as a purse. <laughs> a purse. Did you know there was a razor back in my truck? <laughs> oh, we got what a viewer we here. We got well, a viewer here. Oh, I scared her. Oh. Oh, nice. Another satisfied customer. Uh, this is the girl that laid the egg last night. She's oh, literally nice. She had her face lined up against the glass. <laughs> Beautiful. Congratulations. Oh, you're not from Australia, though, so you got to go. You're going to pay a model. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry. Sorry. Those are, Tone, those were, I think those are, excellent choices, Tom. I like them. Real dragons, definitely. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. The um, saltwater crocodile with 3,000 pounds per square inch jaw pressure. They that's really that might be the I think that's the only impression that you can do better than me and it makes me really upset. I want I'm gonna have to work on my have to work on my Australian accent. It's good. I don't think it is good, but thank you. It was it was it was pretty good. I Thanks, thought it was guys. good. Yeah, I appreciate it. Pretty good eye. Are you fishing for compliments? You are. There you are. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be here all week. Be sure to tip your waitress. <laughs> thank you. Oh boy. Um, I'm just okay. saying. Uh, I just now say, uh, one of in, in my. What are you gonna let me go? I'm sorry. I was gonna say, and now our good friend Steve Octavius Enders will give us another Latin lesson. No. <laughs> <laughs> if if you're interested, if you're interested. Good one. I was gonna let that one pass. <laughs> Steve, I love you so much. You're my favorite person uh-huh. besides John. Sorry, John. I like Chris a lot too. I like you. I like all you guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you're, it's, you realize how much less special it is when you say it to everybody. Yeah, but yeah, there's a, you're not everybody. You're not everybody. There's like five billion people there's, in China, and I didn't tell any of them that I like them just now. Like, you know what I mean? It is special. That's a good point, and and I'm glad that you brought up the five billion people in China. Um, because that is a connection to one of the other things that we wanted to that we wanted to talk about. I did um, it on purpose. Steve, do we have that? Um, that was good. Uh, excellent segue. Um, mm-hmm. Can we bring up that uh, the uh, article, Steve? Um, so this was uh, an article that we came that we came across, and we've talked about it before. Um, but again, just in you know conservation in general, this is a really important uh, thing, and I don't think that you can say it too many times. Um, the, what's happening to rhinoceros uh, and and elephants in Africa is obviously atrocious, but they are making some major steps. So we talked about this when they were kind of like it was kind of beginning uh, to happen. And this article had a lot of information, um, you know, about how they've actually improved it, and it sounds like it's working um, to at least some degree. Um, so I I have some 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 of the. De- Data that was on here just crazy. You do you guys realize that the five hundred thousand dollars for one rhinoceros horn? Is that for those of you that are watching live, I'm putting a link to this article in the showcase area so you can check it out then. Thank you. Um, 
yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Like I said, there's there's a lot of a lot of good stuff in there, and I just think that there's you know the questions that it raises are um, are important. How do I know, Tony? You have a different view on this. I don't think that there's um, I don't think that it's there's anything wrong with traditional Chinese medicine. I think that it's important that it's you know it's been around for thousands of years, and it's the system that they have. But how do we get them to stop? Um, you know, needlessly killing animals to get their, uh, to get their their relief. I don't. I mean, do is there any? Or tell me that I'm an idiot. I don't know. Am I am I an idiot for saying that it's an, that traditional Chinese medicine is okay? No, I, I I think just the issue that I have with the whole thing is that um, the problem I should say is that uh, I'm. I'm not qualified enough to tell you my opinion on traditional medicine. I mean, I, well, I mean, I can tell you my opinion, but it is just an opinion. It's 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 barely even an educated guess. But what I will say, the thing that I think is so sad about it is that um, it doesn't matter either way. There's they're going to stop using rhinoceros horn for traditional medicine, right, or what have you. Um, Why? Because, because they're, they're all going to be dead. They're going to be either there's going to be a reason to stop it, or they're going to be dead, and probably the latter. So that's what's unfortunate about it, because um, if, I guess I guess the the problem is that it's kind of a catch twenty two in a way, because um, it the the more rare the animal becomes, the more important the medicine becomes, and the you know the more the rich guy wants it. And the more it becomes a status symbol and everything else. There's a video called the Trophy Hunter. Who put that out? Did the Turtle Conservancy put that on their web uh, on their website like two years yeah, ago? Who was them? Awesome video. Awesome yeah. video where this where this wealthy businessman brings people into his apartment to show off all the women and yeah, it and was them. It definitely dead, was. dead and live animals that they have in. And they had a pic. Had a pic that was turtle in that video too. Yep, in in the bathtub, I think. Just yeah. Like, Swimming in the bathtub and like a tiger stuffed on, like a tiger rug on the floor, like, yeah. and it's just, it's, it's unfortunate because, in a place where, and again, I'm, I'm speaking about something I don't really know a ton about, so forgive me, but I mean, in a place where, you, most you know, people, you don't, you, don't, you don't have to know. Basically, it's, it's not important to know. What it is is they just eat the penis of every animal, and then it's, it cures fertility. Which makes sense. That's literally all you need sense. to know about, yeah. about Chinese traditional medicine. Well, I and just in a place Sorry, where I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was just important. Well, in a place where everyone's riding bicycles around, the status symbol isn't a Ferrari. It's a golden turtle, or it's having tiger balls for lunch, or uh, forgive my forgive my French, forgive my uh, Italian. That's for you, John, because that's obviously the theme of this. We're going to change the title Definitely. of this one to, uh, yeah, Mambo Italiano with Chris Leone. <laughs> nice. Nice touch. Thank um, you. There was, there was another the, – the, the issue is twofold in China, though. Um, there was another article I was, I was reading. Chris, I was looking at a bunch of your articles that are on reptilesmagazine.com, um, also – Anyone watching, check those out. There's uh, um, some good uh, some good care sheets and uh, among other things. And uh, there's a there was one at the end of last month that uh, a bunch of Chinese officials um, were arrested 
for eating Chinese giant salamanders at like a big uh, grand feast. So the the reason that they were doing that is to kind of show that they can eat like they show that they can eat rare species, and it's a it's a status symbol. And again, we've talked about that before, but um, you know these are these are issues facing us that I mean I don't I don't know how we change it. Those are those are the negative news stories. So um, I don't know if anyone else has any any thoughts on that. Have you have ever tasted giant salamander, Chris? Is that a I have not a Jersey thing. No, it's not a thing. Pork roll is a Jersey thing. It does doesn't make our dinner plate over here in PA very often either. So yeah, that makes but sense. But Scrapple does. <laughs> yes, Scrapple does. Scrapple does. Scrapple's <laughs> gross. Scrapple. Does anyone know what Scrapple is? There's a restaurant. I don't know what Scrapple is. It's across. The There's a restaurant across the way from the venue that. I actually got married at, and they serve snapping turtle soup. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. It's a little different from tiger balls, but, you know. Yeah. But not well, an endangered it, species. What does it do for you know. Right. No, it's not, uh, not an endangered species, that's for sure. It feeds your body. A meal. I'm, I'm, I'm all... I'm all, I'm all for... It's like any other meal. It feeds your body. I'm... <laughs> I'm all for like do your you know the 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 medicine thing is is I'm I don't know much about it either and you know, obviously we're not dealing with experts here. Um, thank you, but I I do think it's sad, but I think that there's they should be able to to do it though, right? They should be able. Is that not with endangered? Is it crazy to think? No, yeah, not with endangered. That's what I'm saying. So how do we like I've heard, I read a thing where they were saying like all right, let's just for the rhinoceros. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's just cut off all. Let's go into the wild and cut off all their horns, and then sell them, and then that's it. So we just we're safely harvesting the horn. What is, what is that? I agree. Not the, the endangered species or endangered species. There has to be something done. But like, what is? What do you think about that? That answer. That makes sense to me. I mean, I, that's you know they're doing the same thing with plowshares right now in Madagascar. Plowshare tortoises, which is yeah. yeah, since Lonesome George died, that's uh, the the rarest tortoise species on the planet. And they actually go out with a Dremel tool and carve into the shell to um, well, basically makes them less valuable. And then if you do end up taking it and selling it on the black market or in the wildlife markets in Jakarta or what have you, it's going to have that mark on it so everyone knows exactly where that came from, who marked it, where it was, and, and that sort of thing. So I, I see um, excuse me, I see the benefits in that, and um, I think the same thing with the rhino. It's really unfortunate, too, because it takes – because of how much money goes into poaching them – and how difficult it is to to monitor um, any species in the wild, it's it's always a losing battle because there isn't enough money for it, and people just don't care. There's always someone who's willing to spend more. If you make laws, it just makes the animal more valuable because now it's rarer, um, and and you know it's it really is a losing battle, and it's really it's really upsetting. So if we can educate people a little bit and save some of the species that are, you know, savable, if everyone cares, if if you want to make the world a better place, you know, take a look at your life and make a change. But is that the word? It's it's it's, <laughs> it's, too, is that the, it's too late for that, that though. The, I think it is. It is with a lot of species. It is for Lonesome George. It was. It, it can, it was I mean, one the left. Done, and like right. Yeah, they might right. they might very well be. So, yep. is there something that we can do that's more more aggressive? 
Like, I don't think that we can say we can't educate them about, and I shouldn't say them. Whatever we can't educate a, a whole group of people that think of it, that it's their culture and they're they've done it for again for two thousand years. You can't explain that away to them, even by saying that they're all going to die. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like I don't know if they maybe that's they don't understand. Maybe they don't understand that. Maybe they don't. Um, appreciate that or then like you said it just makes it more valuable so they still think okay well I'll be the one that has it but I think that there's got to be another and I don't have the answer obviously but I think there's got to be got, you another know, way like if we can make um, you've got certain problems but, too you know like I mean Madagascar specifically with uh, just the economic state over there you know leniency yeah. and, and laws just blatantly being ignored, you know. I mean, the, the natives right. over there, they still eat the radiated tortoises, and they, mm -hmm. you know, with the, they're saying that there was like a faulty, um, uh, I'm sorry, um, like a defect in, in the sampling that they did back in the 70s, but, you know, they had sampled, I think it was something like 20-something million radiated tortoises in the wild then, but now there's only six and a half million. That's still a lot of tortoises on that island, but it's an alarming drop, you know, That's a big and drop in. paves the way for a really bad or uncertain future, and again, you know, the economic state of certain countries, certain places mm -hmm. like Madagascar, these people are just doing whatever they want, and there's little to no consequences, you know. Well, you know, and why wouldn't they? If you if you couldn't feed your family, and, there, and a tortoise walks by that's dinner, mm -hmm. or, you know, or there's an animal not, that you can sell that you can make money, why would you not do it? Exactly, I, I, and the other thing, too, is, you know, the, you know, with the defacing the shell of the uh, the uh, plowshares, you know, totally understandable. Now, to the to the reptile markets and stuff like that, sure, you know, there's going to be no hiding where that animal came from. And for somebody who, you know, some of these people, they, it's got the animal's got to be perfect as if it's some kind of shiny classic yeah. car. Then, yeah, the defacing to the carapace or any part of it is is what lessens the price or makes a buyer maybe not even want it. However, if you're a Madagascan native and you're just looking to eat the tortoise, it doesn't matter what it looks like. You know, that's a good point. So that's a really they, good point. They have they have definitely attacked and uh, maybe had some kind of effect on certain things like illegally smuggling and collecting these tortoises and selling them for big money. But when it comes to the you know again a, an economic state in need and uh, you know they're not going to care if it says if don't eat me is carved into the shell they're going to eat it. You know, I'll just say I, so I'm Chris, a social worker. Just, just out of curiosity, is there a delay? There's a delay. I'm sorry. I, if, if I'm a social worker Probably. by trade, my fault, John. I I am a social worker. I work with people who are in um, usually dire situations, um, rough uh, socioeconomic situations where they are struggling to pay the rent. They're living in homeless shelters, and some really nice people that are just in you know uh, rough you know points in their lives. Right. If there was a population of wood turtles in the area where we uh, where we lived, and they knew they can get twenty bucks for one of them. They would they would grab as many as they could and bring them to whoever would pay. Uh, if they could get, if they knew they could get five bucks a piece, and they can just go out and pick them up the way you can just go out and pick up a tortoise that's wandering by, they would they would pick up every single one they could and get five dollars for each one. And that's pretty much what you're seeing over there. Is that I mean the tortoises just kind of walk by. Or you know they they learn ways yeah, exactly. to harvest them. Well, yeah, and that's you know, I, even as a kid, if you were if when you were ten years old, if that painted turtle you caught, if you knew you could sell it, you would sell it. Then you'd go buy a Sega game, you'd go buy a video game. You know what I mean? So it's 
it's tough for us when we're so passionate about it to to put ourselves in other people's shoes sometimes. But you we know. have to we try to understand what's going on around the world. You know, yes, it's, it's a big picture. Yeah, and laws are great, right. but like I said, laws make make the bad guys want the animal more, and they also are you you have to pay money to enforce those laws, and where there's a lack of funding. There's a lack of enforcement, and laws really don't matter for anyone but the good guys. So that's another part of it to keep in mind. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Chris, just I just just want your your opinion then quickly because um, we we're gonna wrap it up here soon. Um, say that there's you're having this conversation with uh, you know a Madagascan native and. Their family has been eating radiated tortoises for as long as far back as their, you know, their culture or memory goes. Is it just to say to them, we understand that, but here's like another option? Like here, we brought you canned food or whatever. You know, whatever the the, the possibilities are. Like, can we say that to them? Can does that? Will that matter? What do we do? Um, I think. You know, you what know, do we do to to affect change with that? I think a big thing is, you know, awareness Awareness in general, you know, which, like, you know, a lot of people are trying to do. I mean, it's certain things that I try to do with, you know, all my posts and any of my articles. Like, even when I, when I write for, you know, the magazine or any of the websites I write for, like, I always try to, like, tell a little bit of a story in there because you want to bring awareness to people um, regardless of what state they're in, you know, because there, there's just more to this than just an animal living in a certain place, you know what I mean, like there, there's more to us, there's more to them, there's more to the big situation, and I, I do think that a lot of these laws, all they do is just scare people, or maybe not even have any effect on them at all, and, you know, they, uh, to me, you know, these, these people need to be fed, you know, 110%, they need to be fed, and they need, more awareness needs to be brought to them, like, you know, with the, the Baylor Colonial Institute goes over there, actually, I know Dr. Ed Lewis, who's doing the DNA on the, uh, on our Herman's tortoises, he's over there right now, and, you know, we're, we're trying to, to change all these things and try to educate these people that what they're doing is wrong and that it's going to have detrimental, detrimental effects on the wild populations of these tortoises, and not just these tortoises, but anything else, and, mm -hmm. You know, it's it comes down to a lack of knowledge, a lack of awareness, a lack of understanding, and how these laws are being enforced. Sometimes these laws just come down on people, and they say, "Nope, this is it. That's the way it's got to be, and that's it." And then these people are saying, "Well, you're not offering us any solution. You're not offering us any solution whatsoever." And these these people need to eat. So, mm -hmm. to me, it's it's a long way off, but I think collectively. And not just places like Madagascar, but I mean, even even the Western hermit's tortoises—they are rapidly, rapidly disappearing. They're in way more trouble than everybody thinks they are. Yeah. And right. you know, and it's right. it's not necessarily for reasons because they're being eaten, but for other reasons too. You know, so I, I think it's just a, a general thing. The reptile community as a whole, globally, not just in the U.S., needs to bring more awareness to this. It shouldn't just be about buying and selling, trading, uh, talking about this guy, talking about that. It should just be a, an entire group awareness thing. Maybe it's another website that needs to come out. Maybe it's something collectively all of us can do together to, to you know, I mean, you've got, you've got organizations that are trying to raise money and try to, you know, teach the, you know, natives like in Madagascar as much as possible, but, you know, there needs to be more of it, plain and simple. Like, it, it needs to be... Um, just more awareness. I don't know. 
there, there needs to be more champions uh, who are actually willing to do the work, and I think you just look at the basics with, with something like that. If you're going to talk to a family somewhere that's um, get, that's selling tortoises, when 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 those when animals are smuggled, they start off as being very cheap, uh, being sold for a very uh, you know uh, small amount to start out, and if they're getting two dollars a piece for whatever animal they're taking out of the wild. Um, to start the chain of events until they're getting, you know, 200 at the market or whatever, um, mm -hmm. and those would be inflated for some of the rarer species. But if they're getting $2 at the beginning, then you need to give them $5 for every time they fill out a sheet that they found a tortoise or um, yeah, you're right. it or whatever. And that, next, you know, re bring the tortoise to the government or, or whatever and, and, you know, reward them, you know. Uh, here's right. here's a, a week's supply of food. I, you know, I don't know. Right. Something along bring those lines. Bring it to the researcher with the GPS location where you got it, and now instead of being a poacher, you're, you're you know, a researcher. Um, speaking of that, if uh, in um, Pritchard's Tales of the Tibet uh, book, he, he talks, uh, I think specifically when he was uh, in the sea turtle section of the book, that um, there were no, uh, a few places, at least, at least one, where they were, you know, sitting out there trying to, you know, protect nests and whatever. And so instead of the local poachers coming and taking the eggs and selling them to market, they'd have the poachers bring the eggs to them, and they were paying the poachers for the eggs. Mm -hmm. right. right. Exactly. Exactly. This, you know, this is, this is Peter Richard who was doing this. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And that makes, I mean, it's such a, it's such a mm -hmm. basic idea. But, and it can't happen everywhere, too. And that's what's sad about it, is it can't happen everywhere. You we're, We pick certain species... That we want to, uh, and it's great. The you know the notoriety that Lonesome, Lonesome George got. The story is horrible. The notoriety that he got is great. Um, the notoriety that pandas and tigers and uh, rhino, uh, rhinos have gotten is is great. Um, but there are a lot of species that no one even knows about that go extinct all the time during our lifetime, yeah. and we're right in the middle of basically the dinosaurs dying. And it's not dinosaurs; it's the animals that we know. And we're in the middle of a of a, an extinction crisis um, that's unprecedented. Um, and it's and we don't even realize because we're so caught and up in, in everything. Well, no, we are safe from either. That's true. It's absolutely true. There's a um, a route that I take to work, and for you six months, one, one lose, man. For for six months, there was a female um, snapping turtle on its back where it got hit by someone probably on their commute to work um, at TGI Fridays or something. No offense to anyone that works at a restaurant like that, but um, you know something that's so important to us and this animal that was probably huge, you know, huge female snapping turtle that was on its back. And I looked at it every single day when I was stopped at the red light or when I was you know driving through or what have you, and it just sat there for six months baking in the sun every single day and it's a spot where it'd be tough to get it off the road like it was up against the Jersey barrier sorry Chris and uh, it like it just goes to show you though like all the important someone was probably going to Sally's beauty salon to get their hair weave and that you know that snapping turtle lost its life for it and nobody cared in six months or do you know what I mean and no one probably even noticed it they probably just thought it was a piece of trash on the side of the road that time of year is coming up you know it's I mean yep. next you know the yep. next two months you know, April especially it, it's gonna start again and it's same thing I can't I can't tell you how many of those familiar sites you know uh, I, I see it way more than I'd ever like to admit 
Yeah, yeah. plain and simple. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, that's what, like you said, we can't be everywhere, but we can be somewhere. We got yeah. to do, you know, we got to do what we can around around our around our neighborhood. Like the, the what's the old um, the old starfish story? It's not going to matter if you're throw, the guy who's throwing the starfish mm-hmm. in the water. It's not going to matter. You can't make a much, enough of a difference. Well, throwing out there matter to that one. That that's the thing. We got to be able to do what we can with our, you know, in our communities. You're so philosophical for right now. So yeah, I know. You do you, um, you gotta do what I do. We. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, yo, we're, yo. We're gonna wrap it up now, guys. Um, really, Chris, excellent to have you. I thought this is this was a a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, chat. And um, no offense to everyone else who's been on, but this was easily the best show we've had so far. Just kidding. This was um, fun. No, it was good though. Very good. Good day. Um, we just wanted. Yeah, this was a good one. So we, we just want to say again, uh, thank you to the Arizona Tortoise Compound. Um, yeah, Andy's a um, great guy. Check him out. Yeah. And he was on last week, and not to say that this was a better episode than his episode, of course, but um, but yeah, so that check out check out his website. Check out Chris's website, GardenStateTortoise.com, and uh, Hermania, or however you pronounce it, Haven. Um, Hermania Haven. <laughs> Hermana, Hermana, yeah, and also, so you know, uh, the next podcast is going to be scheduled for March fourth. So mark your calendars. Um, we're going to be trying to do them moving forward on the first Wednesday of every month. Um, so you know, make sure that your wives have their girls' night on the first Wednesday of every month. Uh, going going forward, and um, or if we're the, there's turtle chicks listening, you know, get your man out of the house, let him go bowling. Um. Anything? Any, anyone else have anything to say as we uh, as we wrap up here? I don't remember. Did we mention our new website that's coming up? We did. We did not mention our we new website. Uh, All right. The last thing before up. we end up, um, we are working on a new website. It will um be ready here within the next couple of weeks. Um, so. Uh, keep your eyes out for that. We're actually going to be debuting a new logo as well that we think uh, fits where our organization is headed. And it is so cool. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I've been excited about the logo for a long time, and I was able to get a peek at the website yesterday. After seeing some of the stuff Steve has been working on, he's a genius. I don't know if there's a turtle site quite like it. I might be, I might be tooting Steve's horn a little bit, you're welcome, but it's it is an impressive looking site. I'm I'm so proud to be a part of it, even though I it didn't do it. It looks good. It looks real good. And that's yeah. from an outsider who doesn't even like yeah, us that much. It looks good, and I'm go- probably going to take mine down now. So thank you for that. <laughs> just 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 uh, join up with Steve and have him help you with his. That's what that's what all the people in the know are doing right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I just want to say thank uh, you. I just want to say thank you to you guys yeah, for having me. You know, um, I appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you so much. And um, for anybody out there, you know, please stop by and visit the Turtle Room. There's a lot of educational stuff on there. A lot of interesting, fun facts. A lot of video. A lot of photos. Lots of these guys. Oh, these guys will weigh. And um, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, support the hobby. Them guys. Them guys. Which guys? All right, guys. These Thanks. guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, 
check out the websites. Check us out March 4th, next, uh, next one month away. Um, for Tony, Chris, and Steve, I'm John, and I have been breathing out of my butt this whole time. <laughs>